it's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted, independent, American Standard Air dealer. Owner Chris Wedekin sells the ductless Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, which is a great option to heat and cool individual spaces while blending into the decor. If you want your poker room to be dressed up, you could take a vinyl wrap and put on these. If you like the more modern look, they have styles in black, silver, and pearl white that would be more aesthetically pleasing for your rooms. Find out more at absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted, independent, American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. When I watch college students be stunned at the bigotry at their university, I've asked a a basic question. They didn't know? When students at Cal Berkeley go to Cal Berkeley... Why are they surprised to find anti-Semitism at their college? They didn't know that the left was lousy with Jew haters? They didn't know that DEI was bigotry? They didn't know that the people they claimed were their fellow travelers hated them? How did we know and they not know? Well, let's take it and maybe expand it out just a little bit. How is it possible that we could have members of Congress who say things like this? This is Representative Pramila Jayapal speaking to CNN's Dana Bash. With respect, I was just asking about the, the women and you turned it back to Israel. I'm asking you about Hamas, in fact. I already answered your question, Dana. I I said it's horrific, and I think that rape is horrific, sexual assault is horrific. I think that it happens in war situations. Terrorist organizations like Hamas obviously are using these as tools. Mm -hmm. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. The outrages against Hamas. Why are you making it about Palestinians? Why are you trying to create some level of, well, we can't be too angry about it. What a weird, weird thing. And then to hear members of Congress, as Representative Lois Frankel is answering questions uh, from CNN, uh, Kate Dan, I, 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 I won't condemn her. If one of our soldiers, an American soldier, or even an Israeli soldier used rape, as a tool of war they would be prosecuted in their own in their own country and it has to be as i said legally politically and culturally unacceptable and i'd like to see uh, everybody at, the, at all these rallies around the world uh, i have no uh, i have no problem with people being sympathetic and i'm sympathetic to uh, the inhumanity uh, and the need for humanitarian support both in israel and in gaza but everybody should be saying Enough is enough. Sexual assault is not acceptable. But in your core, in your gut, it's not hard for you to say this very eloquently and very clearly. Why is it for others? Now now you're asking me to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You know what? They have to answer for themselves. It's your party that can't come out and say it is wrong to rape women. It's your party, Congresswoman, 
It is the people that you stand next to. Why is it that you can so clearly state that rape is wrong, which I'm pretty sure is an easy thing to state, but yet they can't? It's the same thing about these students on campus. You didn't know? Wait, you didn't know? You didn't know that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush and Ocasio-Cortez and Ayanna Presley and Jamal Bowman and Andre Carson were Jew-hating bigots and they hate Western civilization? They'll tear the mother down? You didn't know? Well, how is it possible you didn't know? And at this moment, I find myself trying to desperately grasp for some... Call it grace, call it whatever you will. Something to hold on to, some level of mooring. Because I believe that the not knowing in this instance is impossible. It is willful. And how am I supposed to sit back and feel anything other than, well, what did you think was going to happen? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-8669, 833-
Clearly, both a disregard for school policies and permission to disregard them by a university unwilling to do anything. Not only are tensions palpable, but there have also been materialized actions taken to intimidate and harm students. A bomb threat against Hillel, a swastika spray painted, the Hillel and Chabad houses vandalized, a professor posting the armed wing of Hamas's logo on Facebook, a Jewish student accosted, Jews are Nazis, etched adjacent to Penn's Jewish fraternity house. Why doesn't the university hold the perpetrators of such acts accountable? Is the university fearful that they may offend those who wish to intimidate and harass their fellow students? Penn's ambivalence fuels a crisis that has shattered my academic sanctuary. Policies meant to safeguard us have become hollow promises. And let us be clear, if they fail Jewish students today, tomorrow they will fail the rest of us. He didn't know. And maybe that's the answer. He didn't know. She didn't know. I'm not... Again, I I will say to you, I'm not sure how that's possible, but let's now take it from that place. They didn't know that the university hates them. But now we know. So let us ask the question, what to do about a university that hates students, that absolutely breeds the concepts and pushes forth the desires and allows the bigotry to happen where certain students, based on the blood that runs through their veins, are in peril. What do we do about those places? Since, and I'm going to get into more of this, since uh, October 7th and the Hamas attack on Israel that murdered 1,200, over 1,200, I have been saying, on the first day I talked about what happened, and since then I've been talking about Western civilization. The desire to destroy Western civilization, the institutions as we know them that we are supposed to trust are wholly and completely untrustworthy, and that includes education, that includes higher education, and every university president within the sound of my voice, you've got a problem. You should get questioned, and your campus should get questioned, and with thoroughness. Every single time you allow this to happen, and we shouldn't think this is just relegated to NYU or University of Pennsylvania. One should ask whether or not their kid should go there. And one should ask whether or not funding should happen there. Now, this has been a really hot-button issue. You've seen certainly on the donation side, people say we're not going to give to this campus anymore. We're not giving. And good, whether it's Columbia or other places, this is all very, very good news. But if you have a group of students based on a characteristic, and remember, I don't like to think this way. I'm not a box-checking kind of guy, but all these progressives are. So if you have a group of people that is um, living in fear, that is being threatened, you have this entirety on campus, multiple campi, creating attacks, pushing for attacks, wanting attacks, creating the hostile environment, why should they get any federal funding whatsoever? Do you think... I care if a couple of hundred of these universities go out of business. Who cares? Do you think the world stops if NYU doesn't exist anymore? Screw NYU. Screw NYU and everyone who works there. Blank them. 
I'm sorry, am I not being completely and totally clear? F these people. I feel the same way about the University of Pennsylvania. The world needs the University of Pennsylvania? No, it doesn't. I live in Indiana. You know how many universities I can name that America can live without? Maybe then it'll stop. I cannot stop the bigots from being bigots. But certainly we can have an argument on whether or not we fund the bigotry. But in order to do that, we must now get to the place of the basis, the baseline. The bigotry comes from the political left. It comes from their their haven of academia. It exists in the halls of Congress under their name. The political left's bigotry on full display. NYU, UPenn, Cal Berkeley, name your Indiana school, anywhere else you want to talk about. All from the political left, all from the so-called tolerant. These are the same people who will tell you how important DEI is, but DEI is not important. DEI is bigotry from beginning to end, always has been, always will be. And look at all the people who embraced it. They never once asked themselves, wait a second, what does this lead to? As a matter of fact, for asking that question, you were told you were terrible, you were horrible, you're a bigot, you're a racist, just for asking the question. You just had to accept, and if you didn't accept, well, you're all the terrible things. Well, now look at what all these things actually have done. It is one thing to see what's happening at this school and that school in the wake of what's happening in Israel and say, my gosh, this is sick, this is twisted. How many people feel this way? Then one must ask exactly how are these places funded by federal dollars? But most importantly, down to its roots, one must ask how this happens, how this takes place, how this exists. And the answer is, this is the political left in America. Cannot be denied. It cannot be argued. You could try. But just like John Galt explaining that the engine of the world has to be stopped, facts are the American left is built on this hatred. And if you want the end of the attack on Western civilization, you have to put an end to the political left's ability to wield power. That is the baseline. I'm Tony Katz. For the three related batch queries consisting of over over 23,000 separate queries relating to the events of January 6th, were those evidence of a crime only queries, yes or no? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. The answer is is no. I I do know the answer. The answer is no. Were there 141 queries for the activists arrested in connection with the uh, George Floyd protests 
uh, here in Washington, D.C., evidence of a crime-only queries? Those were non-compliant queries, uh, and again, they all predate the reforms that we've put in place, which, which before we... Which other reforms that ever, other FBI directors which, have told me about to, every darn year. If How I may... 19,000 donors to a political campaign? The answer there is no. What about the query for a sitting member of Congress? The answer there is no. What about the query involving a U.S. senator, which for all we know could be any one of us? The answer is no. And so what, what does that tell me? Well, what I'm hearing and what these data points all point to is that a warrant requirement or prohibition relating to, quote unquote, evidence of a crime only queries would not have been uh, something that would have prevented any of the most egregious examples of the abuse that we've seen under Section 702. This is Senator Mike Lee speaking with uh, the FBI director, uh, Chris Ray. Section 702 is going to become the front and center subject because it is set to expire. This section of, of I guess you'd call it the section of the FISA court. Right? Is, is, is that the way to, to look at it? The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act? It's set to expire. Now, Section 702 is about being able to record people from other countries and get an idea of what they're doing, which you could argue is the standard operation of of a United States intelligence apparatus or any nation intelligence apparatus working to keep the nation safe. The problem is what happens when those people are speaking to an American citizen, even has nothing to do with the possibility of an issue at play? What happens to the protections of American citizens? So does 702 allow for the recording of and the surveilling of American citizens? This is the the, the grand conversation. We have seen over the last 23 years, post-September 11th, we have seen that things like the Patriot Act have not actually done us better. But we should not think that there isn't a need for these levels of surveillance. 702 would allow the government to collect emails, text messages, and phone calls of foreigners overseas, even when they're talking to Americans, the key here being without a warrant. When dealing with Americans, you absolutely need a warrant, and I would not favor anything but... People who are non-citizens do not have to be treated like citizens. The issue here is how many times does Section 702, the collection of this information, when speaking to American citizens, then that information of of the American citizen gets queried and looked for and utilized and shared, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's the issue. So... The, uh, people like Andrew McCarthy, uh, former assistant uh, attorney uh, for the Southern District of New York, will tell you that there are an outrageous number of safeguards already in place to protect American citizens. But the argument, and I think that McCarthy would make this, and Mike, Senator Mike Lee makes this, is the safeguards are predicated on the idea that the FBI is an institution one can trust. And what they have proven is, maybe maybe not, maybe not all the time so trustworthy. 
So this is where it becomes a thing. So as we start discussing this, as they start working on this, because we're going to go over this story more than once, what is it that as an intelligence apparatus, as a nation, we want to be able to get information on? What levels of protections must American citizens have? Is there a place for some level of medium? And what does one do about the institution that is more interested in their desires than in the constitutional protections? We'll talk about it at TonyCats.com as well. This is Tony Katz Today. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Unfortunately, the Mexican drug cartels have that authority because they possess guns and weapons of war. But unfortunately, those weapons of war come from American manufacturers, not from Mexico or elsewhere. I have introduced a bill called the Disarming Cartels Act, which is designed to curb the exportation of weapons manufactured by American companies to the drug cartels, which fuels the fentanyl trade operation. There's not yet one Republican co-sponsor. I would urge my colleagues on the other side to recognize. Is this Congressman Dan Goldman, among all the other ridiculous things he says, is he blaming the fentanyl crisis on gun manufacturers in the U.S.? Because it sounds like, I don't want to get over my skis here, that he's blaming the uh, fentanyl crisis on U.S. manufacturers, gun manufacturers. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. The DeSantis camp is going nuts with this one. It's a New York Times story that states that Reed Hoffman who is a very large Democratic donor, R-E-I-D, Hoffman, he has made a major, major donation to Nikki Haley to the tune of $250,000. That's what was given to a super PAC. Internet entrepreneur, venture capitalist, podcaster, and author. I don't know, dude. I Congratulations to you. You just gave Nikki Haley $250,000 to her super PAC? 
Um, this, this is a thing. Now, I, I say this as a guy uh, who works, uh, does a ton of work with an organization called Americans for Prosperity, and they came out and endorsed, and there's a reason why people on the ground are like, what is, what is this? The endorsement seems so weird to them. A, that's not usually where AFP plays. They pay in, play in policy and things like that. And B, she, she's not really, you know, this connection to the activist class to which they are on that side. Didn't make any sense. Things like this certainly don't help. And things like this are certainly going to be top conversations at the debate tomorrow. As we know, we have one day till the fourth debate. One day more, another day, another destiny. This never-ending road to Calvary. These men who seem to know my crime will surely come a second time. One day more. It's always important to have a show tune ready to go. Les Miserables. Oh, it's good stuff. It's good. It's going to make you weepy. Um... Trump is just destroying in uh, these national polls. The morning consult poll, which was December 1st, December 3rd, Trump 66, DeSantis 13, Haley 10. The Trafalgar poll, which uh, was November 30th to December 2nd, uh, always right-leaning, Trump 54, DeSantis 17, Haley 16. That's nationally. Look to the local. Nothing has changed in Iowa. No new polling for a uh, a caucus that takes place next month. Trump 54, DeSantis 18, Haley 12, Ramaswamy 6, Chris Christie 3. Chris Christie made the debate stage, by the way. You needed 6% nationally, and uh, he had some polls to do that, specifically New Hampshire. In the last three polls... He polls at 9, 14, and 11. He's in third place in New Hampshire at 11.3. Trump at 45.7. Haley at 18.7. That's the Real Clear Politics average. The last poll was the Washington Post Mammoth poll. Mammoth, always you want to take a, a grain of salt. 46, 18, 11. DeSantis coming in fifth place behind Ramaswamy's eight. Yeah, uh, DeSantis's path. It actually goes from Iowa to South Carolina, although a good showing in Iowa can help him in New Hampshire. No, I'm not betting any money on anybody to win. Just like I don't bet money on the idea that Trump is really ahead by these large numbers. No, I don't believe it. I'm telling you, I don't believe it. Because there's a difference when it comes to Iowa between what people say to a a pollster and how they show up and actually caucus. New Hampshire and South Carolina being primary states are different, different methodology. And certainly one can argue that a, a good showing in Iowa can create opportunity and momentum. But as pointed out, over the last, um, 12 elections, I think it was the last 12, 12 election cycles. Uh, the person who has won Iowa has gone on to win the nomination seven times. The person who has won South Carolina has gone on to win the nomination 11 times out of 12. 
that's an interesting uh, bit of bit of bit of data there. Uh, I think the the argument from the people of Iowa is we're not here to pick the nominee. We're here to 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 winnow the field. We're here to bring the field in. We're here to either set some people up for actually being candidates or take them out of the running. Maybe, 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 maybe. But let's go back to what this does to Nikki Haley. You're taking, by the way, Reed Hoffman co-founded LinkedIn. That's that's Reed Hoffman. I knew I knew the name. Um, $250,000 from from a, 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 a Democrat is, uh, is, is, is a very big deal. And it's a very big problem. If this is where you're getting money from, where exactly is your support in the party? Well, it wasn't to me. It was to a super PAC. With all due respect, could we not? Could we not? Could we clearly understand that um, this is going to be a problem and it's how the audience is going to see it? Of course they're going to see it this way. And, And rightfully so. This is bad stuff. If, if you want to argue that Nikki Haley isn't, you know, what, what's the expression going to be bought and paid for? Uh, this, this is a hard one. Oh, this hurts. And if I'm DeSantis, I'm all over it. But then again, am I really talking about Nikki Haley if I'm Ron DeSantis in this debate? And the answer is, no, I'm not. Now, I'm going to get into this more tomorrow. I'm going to dig in deep on... Uh, on uh, where I think everybody should be, depending on how this cold goes. Like it started yet, my kid had it, and of course, I got it. So this is day two. I don't know if you can hear it. I can feel it. And I feel like I'm right on that place where my voice is going to be gone in an hour. Like non-existent, gone. Like I, it's, it's everything is kind of leading that place. And it could either go or it could stay. It's a 50-50. Um, Nikki Haley has to make her bid for why she's a better choice than Trump. As we discussed in the last debate, nobody went after Trump, nobody went after Biden. What was the point of all this? What the hell was this? What was the point of this debate? The whole thing didn't make any sense, dang it. Ron DeSantis didn't go after Trump or Biden. Chris Christie. I'm always told how Chris Christie is 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 the guy and he's... He's going to talk the truth about uh, Trump no, no, no matter what. He didn't say anything. He didn't say boo. He didn't say a word. Well, it's now or never, right? It is now or never. You got to make a differentiation between yourself and... And, and and Trump, yourself and Biden. This is what you have to do. And if, if if you're not willing to do it now, if this last moment you're not willing to do this, what exactly are you doing? How exactly do you make a difference? How do you separate yourself out? You're not going to talk about why you're a better choice than Trump? You're not going to talk about why you'd be a better president than Biden? You're going to go after each other? Does it really help Nikki Haley to have some issue with Vivek Ramaswamy? 
Not at all. It doesn't mean anything. Does it really help Nikki Haley to go after Ron DeSantis or DeSantis to go after Haley? Not in the slightest. Remember what you're there for. Remember who it is you're running against. I honestly don't know if these people are smart enough to do it. It's a true story. I have no idea if they've got what it takes to do this properly. I I would love it. I don't think they've got it. So the debate will take place. I I will break it all down in much more detail uh, tomorrow. But taking $250,000 for your super PAC from a Democratic donor, that's not what you were going for, Nikki Haley. That is... That is not what you want to see. I'm Tony Katz. Drag is not a crime. No one no one, no one said it was. What the What is going on? This is the ACLU of Indiana. And they wrote, drag is not a crime. No, wait, wait, there's more. There's more. They start with drag is not a crime, and then they say, drag is not a crime. They continue by saying, drag is not a crime, followed up by drag is not a crime. And then they come in with the big guns by saying, drag is not a crime. And they finish it up by saying, drag is not a crime. No, no, it's no, it's not, and no one ever said it was. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. However, I, I will note that if you are having sexually suggestive drag shows or any shows in front of children, that's weird, and it's wrong, and parents and civil society should stand up against it, and so should you, ACLU. Do you see the difference You write these things like somehow you're strong and you're tough. You're just weird. You come off like little children, like freaks. Our problem is you don't even work to protect kids. You should be allowed to have sexually suggestive drag shows in front of children. You're weird. That's all there is. You are weird. And you should be called weird. And parents should keep standing up. And adults should keep standing up. And we should notice the failure. The failure of groups like the ACLU to state, look, that something could happen doesn't mean something should happen. And these are children. And yes, we do have laws about decency, obscenity, etc. regarding kids. We do have rules about these things. There are rules. This is not Vietnam. Good gosh. Who knew you'd have to work so hard in society to just have people be normal? Who knew it would take so much? But then again, this is 2023. Who knew that in 2023, 
John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania, would hire disgraced former Congressman George Santos, who got expelled from the House for ethics violations. Who knew that Fetterman would hire Santos on the website Cameo to make videos for Bob Menendez, the senator from New Jersey, who's accused of having $100,000 worth of gold in his safe, which is a bribe taken by Egypt and Egypt subsidiaries to do their bidding. This happened. I guess George Santos is on Cameo now. Cameo is where you can hire famous or quasi-famous people to make little videos, little vignettes for you, happy birthday greeting and all sorts of stuff. And some people make real money on it. The guy who played, what did he play, Kevin in in, in the office, the big guy, the big kind of uh, bumbling uh, doofus guy. Uh, I forget forget his name, character name. That guy makes what? Kevin Malone, right? Did I get it right? Do I have it right? Okay. That guy makes a million a year on on Cameo. A million. That's pretty impressive stuff. Good for him. So Santos is on this. And John Fetterman, who has accused Robert Menendez, the senator from New Jersey, Democrat, of being the senator for Egypt, not New Jersey, Fetterman paid Santos to make this recording. Hey, Bobby. Uh, look. I don't think I need to tell you, but these people that want to make you get in trouble and want to kick you out and make you run away, you make them put up or shut up. You stand your ground, sir, and don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Stay strong. Merry Christmas. That's a real thing that happened. That is not a deep fake. There is no AI that could have... If you had asked AI, hey, what would you do if John Fetterman asked George Santos to create a message for Robert Menendez? AI would be like, we're out. We're going we're gonna to go to sleep now. Obviously, the world is not ready for us. Or we're not ready for the world, one or the other. That happens in real life, in real time. Holy crap. Uh, That said, I got to get on Cameo. No, no one's going to use me. No one's going to use me. We have thought about doing this a million times, myself and and Fingers Malloy, who I do Eat, Drink, Smoke with. And, like, we would do um, specialized uh, cigar reviews. We'll do in-person cigar reviews for you. I just just don't know what we would charge. By the way, Brian, that's his name, Brian Baumgartner. That's the name of the actor. Um, he he charges one hundred and ninety five dollars, I believe, and uh, he's making a million a year. What work for a living? Don't be ridiculous. That's madness. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. A modest proposal. How about President Biden invokes the Insurrection Act and uses it to detain Trump before Trump and use the Insurrection Act to detain America. That's Keith Olbermann. And I know, I know, Tony, why, why, why would you ever share Keith Olbermann? Well, the first, I think it's important to see exactly how lost he is. Um, how far he has fallen from a guy who was... So much the centerpiece of ESPN, so much the centerpiece of MSNBC. He now wants the president of the United States to detain a private citizen. Yes, running for president, former president, but he wants him detained. Detain him before he does something I think is bad. If if you ever want to know exactly the authoritarian nature of, of the political left. Uh, I've got a lot to say about the political left today because they're all out in force doing these interviews with Liz Cheney about Trump this and Trump that and Trump's going to be bad and Trump is this autocrat. You're the one saying that the guy should get arrested for something he hasn't done, but he might do it. We arrest people for might in the United States. They might do, they may do, they could do what is possible for them to do. What kind of what kind of thing is this? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Be a part of the show. Call in. Would love to talk to you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. When I say to you that it is obvious that the political left is the baseline. The baseline for bigotry in America, they scream about everybody else being bigots. Look at what they do on the college campuses. That is all the political left. Look at how they act in the halls of Congress. That is all the political left. Whether we're talking about Israel and Jews or talking about anything else. Go back to Joe Biden. If you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Deciding for you whether or not you're black enough based on who you vote for. And now this which we've seen time and again and again. We're, we, the idea that there's no difference between the parties is, is, is completely untrue. It is one of the most um, ignorant statements made out there. Oh, it's the uniparty. There's no difference between the parties. Sometimes, sadly, there isn't enough difference between the parties. But the idea that there is no difference between the parties... Stop it. 
the idea that culturally there's no difference between the parties. Stop it. The idea that you can clearly see a group of people who stand very proudly for the idea that Hamas is on the side of good. And then you've got, of course, people on the political right who recognize what a terrorist organization uh, Hamas is. It is obvious to all the rational players that there is a difference. That there is a difference. And the difference is quite large, by the way. So we, we understand each other. But there are a couple of stories outside of this, this insanity, that I thought um, should be discussed. And one of them was the story about Microsoft. Microsoft, according to the Washington Free Beacon, put together a deal with the Chinese Communist Party. But not just the party. They helped Chinese state-run media outlets disseminate propaganda as part of an unreported partnership agreement. This, according to the Washington Free Beacon. They signed collaboration deals with state-run Chinese media outlets, China Daily and People's Daily, the latter of which is the official newspaper of the Central Committee of the Chinese government, which is to say the Communist Party. Microsoft would provide China Daily with technology that lets the paper target potential readers and gave the People's Daily access to an artificial intelligence bot specifically designed to be controlled and censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, one could ask, is this uh, a problem? I believe the answer to this is absolutely. The amount to which U.S. companies are in bed with China, I think matters greatly. And we should be asking ourselves exactly how deep do the relationships go and how do they uh, affect us? So if I am having a conversation about the communists that are the the the, the communist Chinese party, the CCP, uh, the communists that lock up Uyghur Muslims, uh, that uh, go about uh, re-education camps, that kill their enemies. And let's say I'm talking about it, and we now post this story, right? We post what I was talking about, we write it up, and we've got the audio. Do I now find that Microsoft search engines like Bing don't share that information? Because after all, they have a financial relationship with China. Now, Microsoft is saying that the agreements expired years ago and were not renewed. But maybe that's too little too late. You had already done the deal. And proving you can do the deal means that it gave other people kind of cover to do other deals. We're talking about outlets that lie, just like TikTok does. Uh, the 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 conversation about TikTok is coming uh, is is coming soon, people. The TikTok conversation is coming very, very, very soon. I mean, we've already had it once. I think it's very obvious that it's coming back. 
China lies about everything. They lie to everyone about everything. They cannot be trusted. Why would you help them spread lies that hurt other nations, hurt other people, and hurt the citizens of China who have to live under the lies? Shouldn't we know this about a company we're supposed to put our faith in? My, uh, for for uh, my morning show, the corporation uh, that, that owns the station, they, they use Microsoft Office just like millions of other people. Do I now trust? Well, to what extent did I trust it before? Now, this is just one story. There's another story regarding Disney. And this story matters because this is about whether or not DeSantis can add himself a a buoying moment. The Daily Signal, which is the Heartland, uh, not Heartland, uh, Heritage Foundation. Uh, magic, Magic behind the magic. Florida government reveals massive Disney corruption scheme. Now, you understand that DeSantis, the governor of Florida going after Disney, has been a hot-button issue, and a lot of people saying, why are you doing this? Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, for me, it was, I don't quite understand going after a, a company for making movies that you don't like. He argued that it was about invasion in, in, into politics. Eh, we agree, we disagree on that one. But the idea that somehow Disney is supposed to have their special tax uh, haven, right? The Reedy Creek Improvement District, the RCID. That somehow this is supposed to be theirs for forever. Well, that's not true. This was formed in 1967. The legislature, the governor, creating this local government called the Reedy Creek, R-E-E-D-Y, Reedy Creek Improvement District. This is where Walt Disney kind of operated. Not kind of, it's where they operated. Well, what has been discovered is that, um, as Daily Signal describes it, Reedy Creek was a separate entity from Walt Disney, but the the actual district referred to employees as cast members, and all the employees got perks. Perks like what? Perks like millions of dollars worth of annual passes to theme parks worldwide, 40% discounts on cruises, free transferable single-use tickets during holiday season, discounts on merchandise, market market discounts on food and beverage, access to non-public shopping reserved for Disney cast members where the merchandise was gracefully discounted and items were made available that were otherwise not available for public purchase. So Disney saw this Reedy Creek Improvement District as an opportunity for a place to hand out bribes to be able to get done what they wanted done. Just so we understand each other, that's what Disney did. Disney was involved, as is described in this, in the bribe game. Well, I would think that that would make uh, DeSantis' maneuvering regarding uh, Disney all that more attractive. 
Instead, what do I get uh, from from Trump? Trump blames Ron DeSantis for Florida State not getting into the college playoff. Florida State, which was undefeated, got snubbed. Alabama, which had one loss, but they beat Georgia by a field goal, ending their 29-game winning streak. They got in. So Trump says DeSantis is to blame. That is some outstanding politics, people. Absolutely outstanding, outstanding politics. World-class. Criminally insane, but world, world-class. And then uh, there were people associated with Trump piling on, and DeSantis did this, and DeSantis... If Disney was involved in bribes, isn't that the kind of thing you want to uncover? And if that's what was uncovered, if this is what holds up, then wasn't DeSantis right to get rid of the Reedy Creek Improvement District because it was nothing more than a machine, a, a vessel for Disney wants and desires as opposed to what was right for the people of Florida? You would think you'd get credit for it. That's what you would think. That he would get credit for it. We'll see. We'll see if this becomes part of the debate structure uh, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, the debate in Alabama. Where I don't think those people are mad that Alabama got in. No, I think those people would be very, very pleased. But as for Disney... um. Not a, not a good look at all. I'm Tony Katz. Ms. Stefanik, you're recognized for five minutes. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech... It's a yes or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, intifada revolution, and, quote, globalize the intifada. Is that correct? I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus, yes. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. That's the president of Harvard who will not condemn Allowing it to happen is different than whether or not you will condemn it's happening. Why won't you just say so? 
Why won't you just say these people are wrong? We have failed our students who believe uh, that Jews should be eliminated. And the reason that she won't is because she knows she won't have a job. The reason that she won't is because she does not want to have to deal with the outrage. You want to tell me, what what were they telling me, that Christian nationalism is the problem? No, 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 no. This is. The leftist outrage machine, the violent leftist outrage machine. Everywhere. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.com. And maybe that comes because people like Ibram Kendi are still out there. Ibram Kendi, who is explaining to you why whiteness doesn't connect with humanity. I I don't think uh, white uh, people worldwide have really reckoned with how much their own personal identity is shaped by constructions of whiteness and and how much um, that construction of whiteness uh, prevents uh, white people from uh, connecting to humanity. In other words, uh, recognizing that uh, when when you recognize that you are part and parcel of humanity. In other words, you're not over humanity, right? Uh, it, it allows you to really be able to connect to people who don't look like you, who have kinky hair, who have dark skin, uh, and to see yourself in them. And it's whiteness that prevents that, right? And, and when you're not able to see yourself Uh, in other human beings that creates all sorts of problems the bigotry so great the bigotry of of dr gay there at, at harvard unwilling to stand up and say i've heard these hateful things but not i condemn these things and then there are people out there who listen to ibram kendi i i must say uh a doctor, a Kendi, hilarious. Um, I do not see myself in you, and I don't want to see any part of you in me. You think that's a skin color conversation? We're talking about your diseased, hateful mind. I want no part of it. I want no part of saying that a person's skin color determines whether or not they can be decent. And all people with pick the skin color are not decent. They all have this problem. That's KKK talk, weirdo. I want no part of that. You hateful bigot. And we're supposed to applaud this guy, laud this guy, read his books. Who the hell would spend their money on this bigoted fool? I have said this now in a couple of different ways, and I'm going to hit it again. The baseline for all of our conversations is that the left, the political left, is now fully exposed as a party of not only hate, but of destruction. They want to throw their political enemies in jail before they ever do anything just because they don't like them. 
They don't want to uh, even state that it's wrong to rape women. They will not state that in the halls of Congress. They will still prop up this idea that we should divide people based on skin color and we should call people oppressed or oppressor guilty and not guilty. All of the hate, it's institutionalized, codified. That's the baseline that cannot be avoided. So let's work from that. I'm Tony Katz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. one of those great moments in the economy where you go what the heck is happening what the heck is happening brought to you by tony katz today uh seriously i'm gonna need a sponsor for this kind of thing tony katz that's me good to be with you 833 got tony 833-468-8669 is the number all right this this is the one that makes you go all right someone take a breath Take a step back. Can we go through this? Job openings down to 8.7 million in October, which was below the estimate. It's the lowest level since March of 2021. And you're like, oh, so if we're trying to cool the economy, this is this is good. Except the markets didn't react in a positive sense. They kind of went the other way. Now, who knows where they'll end up? But we should be asking ourselves, what does this mean? Does this prove a, a a level of trend? Does this prove that the increase in interest rates is finally having the effect? We're going to get out of this inflation soon? Or does it go the other way and that people aren't hiring because there's nothing to hire for because nobody's buying? You see, you see the problem? There, Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. And, Doctor, don't let my cold uh, stop anything. My voice will crack. The whole thing is, is, is a mess. But I, I texted you, job openings at 8.7 million, good question mark. And you wrote back, this is now a trend, to which I responded, in which direction? So talk to me. <laughs> what does this number mean to you? Well, you know, you and I have been talking about this for a number of months now. Um, that the trend we were, you know, we see data, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. It's very confusing. But what we see right now is we see a trend. This is a trend in the wrong direction. The job openings have been declining from a peak of 12 million down to now 8.7 million. This is a trend in the wrong direction. We keep seeing it changing. It was supposed to be 9.4. So this was a huge miss from what expectations were, and it's now a trend. So we're going to say, what does this mean? This means potentially not a soft landing. 
So, you know, we t- we've been talking about this before. There was that, remember last week, it was 52% of the market thinks that probably things are going to be better. I bet you right now, that's now 52% think things are going to be worse. So let's take a step back. How does having more job openings or less job openings than was anticipated prove uh, that things are getting worse? Because as I, as I stated, and I don't mean to answer my own question here, we have discussed the idea that slowing down the economy is part of what the Fed wants to do. And one would think less jobs means a slower economy to bring down the inflation and then allow interest rates to come down after that. You're saying now, that's see, not I, the case. I've never, I've never said that, that slowing the economy is good or that the Fed wants to. That's a popular statement that people make, but I don't say that. The Fed actually would like the economy to grow. They don't want it to shrink. What they want is more stuff, but they control only the cash. So they would like more stuff. That's not what's happening here. What's happening is a potential recession direction. That's all I'm saying, in the direction of a potential recession because companies are hiring, there's less openings, and the hirings are down. And the quits, the quits have been consistently down. We now have a trend. The quits have been consistently down now for the last few reports which means fewer people are quitting their jobs, means there are more op- or fewer openings, and that's not a thing in the good direction, except remember that wild card. We keep talking about the labor shortage. We're still in that labor shortage post-pandemic. So it's this, again, kind of convoluted picture at the moment. So the job openings down refers to the fact that the Great Resignation is now over. People are sticking with the job that they have, even if they don't like the job. They can't hop to the next gig. There are employers who would still like to hire, but those potential employees aren't out there. And for other employers, they've decided not to hire at all because they don't have as of yet enough sales because of what inflation has done and where this economy is. That's what you're telling me? Um, I think that's part of it. There's also the skills mismatch because we still have a, a, a disconnect between what employers need and what employees are willing to offer, especially in technical fields like engineering and electricians and plumbers and so forth. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, and we could talk for forever on the need for uh, pushing trade schools and moving people in, in that direction. But let's make sure we understand what this need means for the economy. This doesn't mean the job openings going down, that the, uh, that the economy is cooling. Rather, it shows an issue that there is no ability for that, that we're, we're losing the ability for growth. Am I hearing it right? Yes. You summarized it well now, and you did when your introduction. I think you, you, you are getting this very well. I wonder if the listeners are, because it's, it's, not a, it's not a simple picture. There is a lot of complications in this. And that's, and that's why we go over it. So let's make sure uh, that, that we do. In, in a series of, of things uh, that you sent to me and texted me before we started, does this slide to 8.7 million job openings? This signals to you as an economist or you as a layman as a labor shortage, correct? It's, well, yes, but that's not what the 8.7 tells me. That doesn't tell me there's a labor shortage. What tells me a labor shortage is we are still 4 million jobs shy of where we should be based on pre-pandemic trajectory. 
we're still not where we need. We still have a lot of openings. We still don't have enough people to fill them. There's still the labor shortage, which is that great resignation. It hasn't been, it may, the bleeding may have stopped. So what, what you said a while ago, is it over? I think that the bleeding has stopped, but we still haven't recovered our health. We're still not healthy. We still have to be in the intensive care unit. And uh, I think the president is doing nothing to get us out of it. This is where it gets uh, con- con- confusing because uh, it, 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 it would seem to me that a business that isn't selling would make it would make sense that they would not do the hiring, whether it's to produce the widget or to, or to sell the widget, because there aren't as, as many buyers out there it would seem like smart business practice. And certainly we've seen even in bad markets that people are able to survive and thrive through that level of of, of adapting. Why isn't this something to say, well, this is just normal and then these companies will be leaner and they'll be able to to function better and then they'll have better growth and that will actually be helpful uh, in the long run? Oh, there, there's a lot to what you just said. Um, companies, and I don't know if this is the answer and if it's not, you, you, you tell me, but companies, because of the fear of, an, of potential recession, do not want to hire people they would rather have variable costs. They'd rather outsource their costs. They'd rather, instead of building a, and owning a house, they'd rather rent the house in case something bad happens. And so part of the dynamic you're seeing here is companies, they need skilled labor. The skilled labor isn't there, but they also would let rather someone else hire the labor rather than them hiring themselves as a full-time employee. Yes, but now you're bringing up a, a, a different concept before I was discussing the idea of people not hiring because there aren't as many sales to make and they're adapting to this this new economic environment, and that would make sense to me. You're saying that they're not hiring out of fear. Why do you say that? No, no, it, it's both. No, you are correct, Tony. You are correct in saying they don't see future sales, and so therefore their the number of openings has dropped. Yes, that, that is a correct statement that you made. But it's also true, this is why I said it's complicated, it's also true that to manage the future risk of a recession, when they hire, they would prefer to outsource it or hire a variable cost rather than a fixed cost. A fixed cost is harder to get rid of. It's easy for a company to lay off an, a contractor or simply tell the contractor, we don't need your services next month. It's more, it's, it's, easier to do that than it is to say to a full-time employee who you had for 20 years, we don't need you. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I'm looking at sectors where the decline was in job openings. Retail declined by 102,000. Leisure and hospitality by 136,000. I find that interesting as you're starting to head into holiday season. Remember, this was from October, but heading into holiday season that you'd have less of those things. We're seeing more people fly. We saw more people flying uh, regarding Thanksgiving uh, than ever. They screened millions and millions and millions of people did, did TSA, but we see a decline in leisure and hospitality. 217,000 down in financial activities. 238,000 down in education and health services. Did the job opening declines, the sector declines, did any of them stand out for you? Um, No, none of them stood out to me because you just mentioned a whole bunch of declines. This is the byproduct of what we have been talking about. The people have been spending their savings. 
Their savings have declined. Their savings rate is down. They're putting more money in their credit card. We said, you and I, this can't continue. At some point, you're not going to have any savings left. At some point, your credit card will max out. That's what I think you're seeing here is simply that that spending binge is now beginning to slow. So we move over to the spending idea, and there was a story about the idea of doomsday spending. I thought it was fascinating because it's really about psychology. People know the economy is bad. They don't feel safe. They don't feel secure. And so two things happen. People say, well, it's all going to collapse anyway. Uh, I don't don't care if if I go bust. I don't care if I pay back my credit card. I might as well get that new TV. I might as well get that new pair of shoes. I might as well get this new this. And you see credit card debt last quarter at $1.08 trillion. The other side of it is everything's bad. I'm concerned. I'll make myself feel better with the spending and now the spending is not based on affordability but it's rather based on other psychological factors including a kind of like a screw it factor and that means bad news uh for for the future you agree with this assessment about doomsday spending i i will confess that i had not thought of that until you just now brought it up but i in my own experience have anecdotal evidence of people that are doing that it makes complete sense. I'd have, I'm going to have to sleep on it, but my initial reaction is that makes complete sense, and I have seen it myself. Wow. That's not frightening as hell. I mean, it's, it's, every, every single time we talk, it's, it's like it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Even when we see better trend numbers like we've seen in terms of in- inflation numbers, these other numbers come up, and, it, and you seem to be... Uh, saying to us, none of this signals strength going forward. That's your your overall. None of this signals strength going forward. You know, that's not what I say. I always say it's confusing. There's contradictory information. Some says good, some says bad. And even in this interview, I've said that the percentage probability of a bad outcome of a recession just flipped from most likely not to most likely yes. that's, That's still on the bubble. I'm, 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 you know, I'll defend myself and say I'm not just a doomsdayer here. I think it's just more likely at this point of a recession than unlikely. And you, you also uh, stated that the idea of a soft landing might very well be off the table, just as a matter of description. What do they mean when they discuss uh, soft landing, and what would a not soft landing look like? Well, a, a soft landing would would be the economy slows. Maybe we have a little negative GDP for one quarter. And then we go on a positive growth trajectory again. A hard landing would be we have uh, layoffs, we have business closures, we have an actual recession, you know, that nobody can deny like they denied last year's recession. That would be a hard landing. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, We'll keep watching and we will keep drinking bourbon because I think that's the only thing we we can agree on. I think it's the only thing we can all agree on. The bourbon is very necessary to, to wash all of this down with. Dr. Matt Will, always a pleasure. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. 
Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. What I'm watching here is a video of uh, Lukeville, Arizona. Now, I must admit, I was not familiar with Lukeville, Arizona. But if Bill Malugan is going to be talking about it, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. And there in Lukeville, Arizona, which is right on the border with Mexico, it is video of... A smuggler who has cut through the fence, children and adults jumping through the fence, and then the smuggler looks into the camera. It's a Fox News camera that's rolling. Looks into the camera, kind of does a shrug, right? Like, like you see with the emoji, both hands kind of like in the air a little bit, bent elbows, like, what are you going to do? Gives a salute and then walks away. This is the southern border under Joe Biden. Anybody want to tell me now that the border is safe and secure? Anybody want to tell you this? Anybody else want to lie to you like this? They're never so happy as when they're lying. This border is not safe. This border is outrageously dangerous. No one is safe here. And to say otherwise is clinically insane. The brazenness. We discussed, and and I'll be getting into this next week with with Border Week, presented by Americans for Prosperity. I've been doing interviews with with policy people, with uh, the the Yuma sector, a former uh, uh, chief there, the Yuma sector of Border Patrol, uh, a host of people about what it is we're seeing, what it is we're experiencing, and all the different policy places that we need to do better. Some of it in terms of our own immigration policy, some of it in terms of border security and technology, some of it in terms of people, some of it in terms of just uh, the recognition of the humanitarian issues at play, and how come we never discuss the United States citizen as part of those humanitarian issues? I think that's pretty important. The American citizen matters greatly in the conversation regarding the humanitarian costs of the border. So, so we get into all of that. But these people who tell you that everything is fine are lying their butts off. They lie and they lie and they lie because you cannot watch this video and then think that everything is fine. But then again, I've got a, a umpteen hours of video to show you that'll show you that not everything is fine. It's not. And these people lie, Mayorkas lies, and it's just despicable. It's disgusting. We owe America more. We have to make the changes. And the changes might not be liked by everybody, but the changes have to be made. 
You want safety, you want security, you actually have to go get them in this case. And I'll be getting into it next week. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. This is not a story about Israel or Hamas. This is a story about America. But it its origins are are where where they're from. I we wouldn't be seeing this explosion of Jew hatred and radical response to it if not for Hamas's invasion not invasion maybe uh, but a violent attack on Israel murdering 1200 plus and then of course Israel responds and the answer is how dare Israel how dare Israel is because Israel got attacked by a terrorist organization that wants to destroy them Israel has offered multiple plans for peace in multiple ways over the last years, and Hamas has no interest because what they want is the destruction of Jews. Now that we have that as the baseline, we don't ever have to have the conversation, well, historically speaking, historically speaking, it's Israel. It's always been Israel. It's always been Jews. End of the discussion. And when there was absolutely nothing there, when we talk about it from a historical sense, not a biblical sense, there was nothing there. It's not like the quote-unquote Palestinians had some kind of panacea going. It's just not the way it worked. We know this from the writings of Winston Churchill, post-Boer War. We know this from history books. What are we talking about here? People just making it up. Israel exists they have the right to exist, and Hamas doesn't believe they should exist, so they go about killing Jews and killing Israelis. This is their methodology. We all understand it. We're good. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That is the number. This is about America, though. I have said this repeatedly since this started. The attack was on October 7th. It came back on the air, talked about what happened. The next day was talking about how this affects Western culture and Western civilization. Because as any rational person has noted, this is about Western culture and Western civilization. 
What you see on the college campuses, what you see from the professors, what you see from culture, these dim-witted actors who sign letters in support of free Palestine, they support the destruction of Jews and the destruction of Israel and the destruction of Western civilization. It's what they support. All these socialist groups and everything else, Jewish Voice for Peace and Students for Justice in Palestine, all of these groups support terrorism and support the destruction of Western civilization. End of list. Western civilization is where it's at. Western civilization is the only thing that provides a future. This is Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine puts up a, uh, a, a holiday lights display. And in Portland, Maine, as is described by Hot Air, Karen Townsend reporting, they have removed the Star of David Jewish star right there on the Israeli flag, the star of David from its annual holiday lights display because a local Arab American organization complained and called it offensive. Well, I think that terrorists wanting to kill Jews, I think terrorists raping women, I think terrorists uh, uh, poking the eyes out of dead bodies, I think terrorists burning children alive are, are offensive. But if you're offended by a star, oh, okay, that means it should be removed. You're supposed to tell this so-called organization to shut their mouths. Go ahead and be offended. Who gives a damn about you being offended? I'm offended that an organization like this is offended by a star of David. No one seems to care about my offense, but they're worried about these other people's offense. The town of Portland, Maine is supposed to tell these people to kiss off. Low-life scumbags that you are, we put up a star of David. Don't like it? Too bad. That's the answer. That's the only answer that can go on. This is to to remove this is to uh, is to say that we are afraid. The mayor is using the excuse of the Constitution's establishment clause for the removal. Religious displays are forbidden on uh, public property, but it turns out local Jewish groups agreed and want the Star of David removed and replaced with a series of dreidels to represent Hanukkah. I think it was all positive intent to just try and be more inclusive. There's been no ill intention by it. It was simply an honest mistake, and it was never included on our display. Um, a couple things in, in here. First, let's go back to what I stated. This is about Western civilization. This is about the destruction of Western civilization. What do you mean a Star of David is inappropriate? How could the dreidel be appropriate, but the Star of David isn't? Well, the Star of David is on the Israeli flag, and you can't be seen as supporting Israel, as if somehow people can't denote the, 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 the two things. Secondly, why would you ever give in to a group of people who think that it's offensive? Wouldn't that mean that this group of people is supporting Hamas, a terrorist organization? That's the way I see it. Now you say to me, no, they're, they're really supporting the people of Gaza. The people of Gaza? Now let's get into another subject. I was told that we have to, in every single way, separate the people of Gaza from Hamas. These are two different things. Yet, I keep getting told that Hamas speaks for the people of Gaza. And then, and then I am shown this, there's a series of videos 
that when Hamas was giving back hostages, right, before they broke the, the ceasefire, because that's what Hamas did, because that's what Hamas does, um, they, they giving back the, these hostages, there were crowds, massive crowds lining the streets and massive crowds at the site, different sites where hostages were given to the, I believe, the Red Cross. Why? They were cheering or were they jeering? I couldn't really tell which one it was. But why were they there? Why would they line the streets? If you ask the Israelis about this, whether it be the IDF or other others, this was to terrorize the, the hostages, that they loved having hostages. Maybe that's the case. But perhaps there is another reason, but I'm asking for it and no one has given me an answer. Why in the world were they there? Why were they lining the streets? Why were they screaming? They weren't screaming for Hamas to return the hostages so the bombing would stop. No one on the squad screams for Hamas to return the hostages so the bombing will stop. No one in the Democratic Party Sands three or four members, including Richie Torres and John Fetterman, of all people, saying that Hamas is the guilty party. Hamas is the enemy. Hamas rapes women. Hamas is purely evil. The rest of the Democratic Party, they don't say anything. Nothing. And they'll probably take a look at what happened in Portland, Maine, and say, good, that was important. You don't, you don't want to have that Star of David up there. Oh, no, 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 no. That, you, don't, you don't want that. That could be considered offensive. This is about Western civilization and its destruction under the guise of liberalism. Now, if you want to argue that on public property, you don't have religious displays. This has been argued uh, throughout America's history. Of this, I have no argument. But if you're saying dreidels, yes, and, and Jewish stars, no, we all understand where this goes because the dreidels will be next. It's as if they don't understand that we see the game being played. My argument today is, are we all sure we see the game being played? The game being played is that, oh, the problem here is that it's the Jewish star. No, the problem is Jews. Not, not, not for me, not for you, but, but for Portland, Maine, and for the college campuses, and for the college campus professors, and for the college university and university presidents who stay completely silent, and for the press corps who blames only Israel and doesn't say anything about Hamas, uh, also for the Hamas squad of Omar Tlaib and Carson and Bowman and the rest. The Jewish star is only first. Everything else then comes. Who would believe that they would just be stopping at a Star of David? Then they will start saying that you can't fly a Star of David flag on somebody's house. That's offensive. My goodness, it's like flying a Confederate flag. Wait for that to come. You know that it's coming. Thus, this conversation is about Western civilization and about those who want to tell you that you cannot express yourself. 
You cannot share in a value that they find abhorrent because it's not that they disagree with you. It's that they will violently disagree with you. If somebody flew a Palestinian flag, you could drive by that house and be like, whatever, and move on with your day. If you flew an Israeli flag, you know you could wake up in the morning and it won't be there. I have a friend. True story. Uh, I do have friends. Um, Text me. My Israeli flag is missing. To which I said to him, before you start blaming anybody, did you check around your house? It was windy last night. And sure enough, it was underneath the deck. The wind had blown it off. Because he's got a neighbor who had an Israeli flag out, and it was still up. Sometimes the wind will indeed take your flag. But we all know that your Israeli flag, if you were to put it out there, has more of an opportunity to be ripped apart, stolen, than anybody's Palestinian flag. Because the people who claim to be offended aren't offended by just the, 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 the symbol. They're offended that you exist. And you are not specifically Jewish. In the city of Brownsburg, Indiana, which is a suburb of Indianapolis, great place, great place. You could drive down one of the main... Uh, more main streets but there are houses there remember it wasn't a main street until the town started to grow it was just a although i think it might be called main street that's not the point it's 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 a main artery and people's houses are right there on it brownsburg indiana as much of a an an americana place as as you could, could come to in your mind and uh there are homes that have israeli flags Now, I will bet you all of the money in my pocket against all of the money in your pocket that the people who own those homes are not Jewish. They are making a statement, as one can in Western civilization, and they will be as equally attacked as any Jewish person for doing so. Thus, the conversation is not about Jews. It is about Western civilization and whether or not we can express ourselves or are we so absolutely obsessed with the people who are offended that we acquiesce. And if you acquiesce on the Star of David for dreidels, you know what I'm talking about, the top right there, Neskadol Hayam Sham, a great miracle happened there. Or if you're in Israel, it's a great miracle happened here because it's there in Israel. It's, it's a long story. I'll get to it another time. Um, that's, that's, that switch will become unacceptable. Then it will become unacceptable to have an Israeli flag on your private home. Then it'll be unacceptable as they've already told you to have an American flag on your private home because that's also a symbol of oppression, so the left says, which only proves just how absolutely ridiculous these people are. The Palestinian flag is a symbol of freedom, but the American flag is a symbol of oppression is proof positive that you should not do drugs. Also proof positive of how backwards Marxism really is and how it works to subvert reality. Now, this story out of out of Portland is a, a, a real issue. But there's a, a, a um, second issue. 
Like, for example, in London, they've canceled their annual Hanukkah menorah event over community tension concerns. There's no community tension concern. That's a myth. They're afraid that radical Islamists are going to commit acts of violence and they're not willing to look the radical Islamists in the eye and possibly shoot them. But it's super easy to tell the Jews, too bad. The radical Islamists, the people who don't believe in Western civilization, want to destroy the people who do. And London is saying, okay, we'll be destroyed. Western civilization is at risk. This is the story. It cannot be said any better than this. But I must take a moment to recognize uh, one of the 800-pound gorillas, which is the Jews who buy into this which is the Jews who say, well, we have to be nicer. Well, if Israel would just stop doing this, well, I find these groups to be abhorrent. You know I'm Jewish. I find these groups to be abhorrent and despicable and have long given up their Judaism for their liberalism. They have long abandoned uh, their, their desire for survival. They are convinced that somehow they will still survive at all, that they'll be okay. Allow me to remind all of these people that when Hamas started flying into Israel, shooting people at the concert, raping women at the concert, they didn't ask, hey, wait, are you liberal? They didn't ask, hey, wait, are you Jewish? They didn't ask anything. They killed, they raped, they kidnapped. They set people on fire. This is what they did. And the stories being told by the doctors who are um, taking care of the hostages, the hostage stories that the doctors are now relaying, uh, the, the, these things are, it, it's beyond description. I don't think I could share it on air. And yes, there are a tremendous amount of these Jewish groups who have bought into this idea that if it were just a little nicer, just a little this, just a little that, I'm working on it, guys. I swear to you I am. Of course I see it. Of course I'm fighting it. Of course they are wrong. They are as wrong as wrong can be. They are as ignorant and foolhardy and ridiculous and shameful as any group of people I have ever met. I'm working on it. They don't understand that they're going to go down with the ship. The ship is Western civilization, and we should work very hard to maintain it. And we should fight very vigorously against the people who want to destroy it. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. kind of a throwback story 
But I, I thought it was necessary because you should be reminded uh, that the Biden administration, progressives in, in, in general, um, do what they want or else. And we were just talking about this a, a bit a bit earlier with the, with the Star of David conversation. But this is a conversation about your lunch money. Or really, your kid's lunch money. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Um, this started back in May of 2022. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, which provides money for school lunch programs, um, they would change its interpretation of Title IX and it would expand prohibition against discriminating based on sex, quote, to include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, which is their way of saying we're not interested in women at all. And as a result, state and local agencies, program operators and sponsors that receive funds must investigate allegations of discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. And those organizations must also update their non-discrimination policies and signage to include prohibitions against discrimination based on gender identity and sexual orientation. So uh, a different way to say this is you let some boy use the girl's bathroom or you don't get funding for school lunches anymore. That's the argument. That's the argument that the White House is trying to make. It's certainly a bastardizing of Title IX, but then again, these are people who don't believe that women exist at all. They are fine with erasing women, so why should Title IX even be and play here, which tries to, quote-unquote, level the playing field? It's a massive change, a radical interpretation of, of what this is. So I thought it was important to come back to this as, as we're starting to see uh, some levels of, of potential implementation here. Understand how far they'll go. You have a financial issue. You can't afford lunch. Unless the schools allow children to lie to themselves and others and everybody else buys into the lie, your kid can't have lunch. That is not a loving, giving government. That is oppressive. And it's exactly who the left are. This is Tony Katz today. The do-gooders, the do-goodery, the the virtue signaling, you understand that it's all nonsense. It's a really a, about the, the willingness to accept failure as the given because the objective is not actually the thing in question. The objective is the statement. And as long as you can keep making statements, as long as you can keep striving for the goal, you can apply any level of a pressure, any level of pressure or any level of abuse upon the people that you want. This is very, very true of the so-called green movement. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I have nothing against nuclear power. I actually support it and would like to see it happen in the United States. I have nothing against hydrogen power. I'm very supportive of it. I'd like to see it grow and build. The byproduct is water. It's pretty fascinating stuff. I have nothing against solar and wind. Absolutely nothing. The problem right now is that solar and wind cannot power anything. Let me say it again 
for the people in the cheap seats. Solar and wind cannot power a society. It can't. It doesn't work. It has no possibility of working. Anybody who says otherwise is lying, but they don't care about the result. They care that they say the words, we're going to save the environment. They care that they say the words climate change. They care that they try to instill fear in children. They care that they get everybody to buy into the fear and be afraid of their own existence and their own growth. The result does not matter. So, for example, let's take electric cars. I'm not opposed to electric cars. You guys know I have a a sponsor, a car dealership here in Indianapolis. They sell electric cars. I have no issue with electric cars whatsoever. I have been driving the Mach-E from Ford. They, They call it the Mustang. I don't know why they called it Mustang, but it's unbelievable. And if they want to put an electric car into the market, let them. Let anybody else. What I oppose is force. What I oppose is entire fleets uh, being nothing but electric. I think is it Volkswagen or Volvo that's going to go all electric? It's a terrible idea. An absolutely positively terrible idea. The idea of an electric car, not a terrible idea. But it's important to note that the electricity has to come from somewhere. And that electricity comes from oil. And I am opposed to the idea of government involvement based on ideology that never once has to provide a result. This is a story from Politico. James McCullis reporting. In 2021, Congress spent $7.5 billion to build tens of thousands of electric vehicle chargers across the country. Right? Everybody wanted an electric car. You got to have the charging stations. We're going to build the charging stations all around the country. Seven and a half billion dollars of your taxpayer dollar going to build this. Or worse, seven and a half billion borrowed. So you have to pay back eight and a half billion uh, to do this. I assume the interest rates are just really high. That's it. Uh, two years later, the total amount of chargers that have been installed zero. Not 4,000, not 286, zero. Now, states and the entire industry of chargers, as the reporting goes, blames the new contracting performance requirements that have to be navigated. Federal officials have authorized more than $2 billion of the funds to be sent to the states. Fewer than half have even started to take bids from contractors to build the chargers, let alone begin construction. The system is impossible. The environmental rigmarole is impossible to get through. That part doesn't matter to them. What matters is we're going to build electric chargers. They don't care about the rest. And when there are no electric chargers built, they'll say, well, it's because of Republican intransigence. You see those those wascally Republicans, they're, they're getting in the way. What what are Republicans doing? You already voted for the money. Go get it done. But you have got a labyrinth, this massive maze that one has to get through in order to make this happen from the environmentalists and others. They're the ones pushing the green and they're the ones most in the way of these things happening. Who wants to place that bet? But there's something else at play. Americans don't mind the idea of electric vehicles. They don't want to be forced into it. 
And electric vehicles, fully electric vehicles, play at a high price. They play at a higher price point. Not everybody is going to buy the electric car. Not everybody can afford to buy the electric car. So why would California, and now Michigan, force this on people? They are forcing it on people by eliminating the sale of combustion engines, new combustion engines, in their states. In uh, California, I believe it's 2030. In, in Michigan now, I believe it's 2040. The, the big three are going to take that from Michigan? How the mighty have fallen. I, I would tell them maybe they want to move out of Detroit. Maybe it's time to find another home. This is a madness, a, a maddening idea not to have combustion engines. And as I have stated about California, it'll be first, you can't sell a new uh, combustion engine in, in California. Then they will start making laws preventing you from buying a used combustion engine from Nevada or Arizona. And then they will start limiting the amount of gas stations and their hours, and they'll start putting regulations on them. So eventually there are no gas stations in California. And then people will not be able to engage transport unless they have an electric vehicle or they take a bus. Does that sound like a good, stable society to you? No, it sounds like a government-controlled, centrally planned society. That society has to suck because history has shown that it does. I, uh, I'm not a fan of buses. I actually think they don't work. Now, I could not convince a city not to have a bus system because they'll show you all the people that take a bus to work and they'll say, well, of course it, 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 it works. My mathematics for saying a bus system doesn't work is predicated on the idea of central planning. A bus goes from a predetermined point to a predetermined point, predetermined by central planners, predetermined by government. This is where you should go. This is how you should get there. It doesn't allow for any freedom of mobility at all, which has become the hallmark of what Americans want. Take a look at the scooters. The bird scooters, the lime scooters, these ridiculous things that, that you trip over on the sidewalks. Why are they all out here? This is crazy town. The scooter concept is based on something called the last mile. And the last mile is about when you get to centrally planned place X, how do you then get around to some of the other places? Like, for example, your home. Or like, for example, um, a, a an entertainment venue or a restaurant or something like that. But this isn't for everybody. This works for younger sets. It doesn't work for older sets. It doesn't work for 50-somethings at all. Oh, sure, some of them will do the scooters, and some of them will have to have surgeries for those broken hips. The bus doesn't bring you to where you actually want to be. The bus is considered more and more in today's society an unsafe conver uh, uh, way to travel. And then you still have to get to your final destination. So you paid for the bus and now you're going to pay for, uh, let's say, the, the, the scooter. But you can't do the scooter, so now you're going to pay for an Uber. We would be better off, I think, as a society if we tried to engage tax credits or other things to have more Uber use. Well, the problem with Ubers, it's all that all that emissions and oh no, we gotta do something about the Ubers. We actually have to charge them more. By doing so, 
you create less opportunities for enjoyment. You create less opportunities for travel. You create less opportunities for people to get to where they actually want to go. Do-goodery does no good. And all of these options that we are told are so valuable provide no value. But they don't care that they provide no value. In cities like Albuquerque, New Mexico, in cities like Indianapolis, Indiana, they installed this electric bus nonsense. And here in Indy, they call them the red line and the blue line and the purple line. And it's an electric bus. And they took away car lanes to be able to install these bus lanes and change how you get on and off the bus and where the platforms are. The problem is, first of all, the buses are all Chinese-made. They come from a group called BYD, Build Your Dreams. Who the hell would trust a Chinese bus company? Secondly, in cold weather, they don't hold a charge. You know where we learned this? Albuquerque. And you say to me, wait a second. I'm no expert in geography or heat or nothing, but I would think that Albuquerque, New Mexico, is warmer than Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, true, they have a desert uh, there and uh, a desert kind of climate there and deserts can get cold in the winter, but Indianapolis does get colder. You know what happens in cold weather? The batteries don't keep their charge and the batteries were failing on the buses and they would stop in between stops. They would just, they would run out of power. So then, oh, the answer is we're going to install technology that will charge the batteries at stops it was wireless technology it was actually very very cool but now here in indianapolis they just replaced the buses with diesel the whole system didn't work you know what they said it doesn't matter who cares if it works all we have to do is pretend we aren't forced to deal in the real world all we have to do is pretend that it works In Rhode Island, uh, the former Secretary of the Navy, a man by the name of J. William Mittendorf, wrote a letter to the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying that right now there is a plan to put an offshore wind farm near Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You all understand that this is going to be a disaster. He referred to it as being, quote, ramrodded through a deficient regulatory process despite the controversy over their acknowledged impacts and questionable benefits. Correct. All these wind turbines that you see everywhere and name your state, they don't provide enough power to count. That's what we have learned. Some of them do provide power, but at what cost? And what happens when there's no wind? And Lord only knows what you've done to all the freaking birds. They will enrich foreign national energy companies at the expense of American taxpayers and jeopardize national security, military operations, and maritime safety. This from uh, Mittendorf, a former Secretary of the Navy, in a letter uh, to uh, General Charles Brown, who's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Offshore wind complexes will raise energy costs and create an enormous environmental liability that will endure until the last turbine fails all without ever reducing our carbon emissions or taking a single fossil fuel plant offline. Correct. The left does not care. That's not the point. How many more times do you have to see it? It doesn't matter if it works. 
it matters that they get you to buy in, that they do this to you, and they are able to change your behaviors for it, even if it means you have less safety and stability. Who cares if it works? Because two days from now, they're going to be on a whole new thing. Why are you talking about wind turbines? Everybody knows the popcorn's the future. We just need more popcorn. And you're like, you just told me that wind turbines were the future. You get, look at all these articles. Oh, please, always living in the past. Why are you starting a culture war? Popcorn's the future, or whatever it is that they call it. Oh, we'll just say it's called popcorn for now. That's how they work. And that is the insipid evil of do-goodery. All of these people think they're doing good. All of these people think that they're providing some kind of benefit, making life better. No one's life is better. Not a single life is better, unless, of course, you're in one of these industries and you're able to, to profit off of it. So unless you're somebody's brother-in-law, no one's life is better. But what does come from it is that your life gets markedly worse because they determine how you act. They control your movement. Just like with the trying to get rid of gas stoves, that's determining when you cook. Determining how much power you use. The move to electric off of gas, whether it be stoves or furnaces, is 100% a control conversation. That is not pie in the sky. That is not some kind of conspiracy theory. That is the only rational answer. And anybody who does any cooking knows that you would rather have gas than electric on the stovetop. Me, I'm a dual fuel guy. I do electric for the baking, right? Ours is a dual fuel uh, oven. Electric for the baking, a little more uniform, uh, but gas on the stovetop because, well, you, you get better opportunity to get the heat that you're really looking for as you see fit. And it's the difference between cooking and baking. Baking is science. Cooking is art. And don't get me wrong, decorating the baking, that could be art. And baking has its own level of artistry, but it's so much science. How do you make it rise? How do you create the density? How do you create the airiness? It's science. But telling people they have to have an electric this and electric that, that's about control. Society's not better when government has control. Society's better when people have control. Seven and a half billion dollars they haven't built a charger. Imagine what you could do with $7.5 billion. But these people won't care. They'll tell you why they need more money, and they'll tell you why you're standing in the way of a better tomorrow. But you're not. You're not standing in the way of anything. These people just can't get anything done. Stop voting for them. I'm Tony Katz. Republican debate tomorrow. I mean, we'll break it down more. Uh, this will be in Alabama. News Nation is hosting this. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. This has to be the moment. Going after Trump, going after Biden, going hard. And and I would argue, and we'll dig in, as, as I said tomorrow, a little bit of ignoring who else is on the stage. Ramaswamy is going to go after Haley. Haley's going to go after DeSantis. DeSantis is going to hit back on Haley. Nah. Trump, Biden. Who are you running against? Trump, Biden. Who do you have to convince? Trump supporters, Biden. Why you're going to beat him. Why you're better. Why your policies are better. Why you're more prepared. 
I'm just, it's just a matter of focus. You're going to focus on Vivek Ramaswamy? Why? Guy has no chance. None. Because the person voting for Ramaswamy is going to vote for Trump first. And Trump doesn't seem to be going anywhere, even though life may force him to go somewhere. But that's not the story. You have a month before Iowa. You got to make your move now. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.